Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is John Drummond or Yang Haowen. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天的来宾是 Harrison Goldsmith， 他是一位创业家、Web3 跟区块链的顾问以及贸易商。我们接下来欢迎我们的来宾吧。We have a great episode for you today with my new friend Harrison Goldsmith. Harrison is an entrepreneur, a blockchain and Web3 consultant, an import and exporter. A man of opportunity and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my new friend Harrison. What's up, brother? Hey, man. You know, good to be alive. Good day to be alive. You're right, my man. Well, Harrison, thank you for joining us today on NG Ingwen. You are so talented. You are using your Mandarin and your English skills right now to navigate. Import, export, and more recently to navigate the whole world of blockchain and Web three, and so I was hoping you could give a little self introduction. Who is the man, the myth, the legend, Harrison? Oh man, go on, John. Yeah, so yeah, I I used to run an import export business,、uh, mainly focused on、um, mainly medical supplies and commodities, and also I've been、um, I've also been quite involved in startup for quite some time. Um, been running this blockchain-related consulting company since 2018. Beautiful. That was very nice and concise, right there. I love it. Don't waste any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And I was hoping we could kind of start today with the import-export side because that ties really nicely later to the show into how you are navigating language and culture around the West and the East. So, can you take us through a little bit? You know, what are people focusing on with import-export? You know, there's brokers. There's supply and demand. Can you take us through a bit, a little bit of a high level of that? Yes. So、um, I was in this、uh, at a time where the supply was much、uh, less than the demand. Therefore, you know, trust and communication is、um, extra important.、Um, it's it's different on typical day to day import export, of course. But now, currently, import export does have、um, quite a lot of、um, hardships. It's getting a bit rougher. So. Um, being able to appropriately communicate each other's needs and expectations, manage each other's expectations is、um, the key of、um, what makes things work. Yeah, makes kind of all the logistics work. And are you focusing on import export at all anymore? Or are you completely out of that industry? Yeah, lately I'm starting to work at it again. You know, basically focusing on things of the most、uh, need. I'm also getting a little team together to help me out with、uh, those ventures. Nice, very cool. And so, are you focusing on that point at connecting the East to the West, or you know, are you focusing mostly on importing and exporting within Asia? So previously, I have done you know stuff from Asia to UK、um, or the US,、um, but also there's um yeah there's many times where it's East with East, and there's always slight cultural variations. But I would say、uh, East and West would have the biggest、uh, gap there that requires the most communication and effort. Mm, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And what actually made you interested in import export? You know, I always I have a lot of friends who do it, but I'm like, how did you arrive at that conclusion? I gotta say, I I am somewhat、um, of an opportunist, for the better or worse.、Uh, when I see something, you know, of demand or something、uh, big, I would I jump into it head first, you know, not knowing a thing, and just work to swim in it and work in it. That's a beautiful metaphor for life, my friend. And I'm guessing, really, that's a nice transition to how you got yourself into blockchain technology and Web three. Is that correct? 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. 刚刚这段主要是探讨来宾在经营进出口贸易商的部分。那贸易商分为进口商 （importer） 或是出口商 （exporter）。那来宾他主要是出口东方的东西到英国、美国或是亚洲区域内进行进出口贸易。那来宾有提到，他进入这个市场的时候，其实供 （supply） 大于需 （demand）， 所以当时有很多需要沟通与信任的地方，才有办法促成生意。那他刚刚也提到了，贸易也有许多艰辛，也就是 hardships 的地方，并不是大家想象中的那么轻松。最后，他有提到他会接触贸易的原因，是因为他是一位机会主义者，也就是 opportunist。他在看到机会之后，就毫无准备之下，整个栽进这个市场里了。也因为他这样的特性，所以他现在才会有机会接触到区块链以及 Web3 的产业。And so, could you take us through a little bit? What are you doing in the world of Web3? So currently, I'm mainly working on advising for a few projects.、Uh, this is mainly on、um, business development related, essentially connecting clients to the right、uh, contacts, whether it's、uh, technical contacts, marketing contacts, or just business partners in general.、Um, I also help with doing research,、um, essentially competitor analysis, or、um, I guess other types of research that I.、Uh, May not be able to disclose at the moment.、Um, yeah, and I guess generally,、um, yeah, I like to help out in the space. Yeah, man, it's it's so needed. You know, someone who's been in the space for a long time to help people navigate as they enter into the space. So many VCs, a lot of money's moving in. You know, we're sitting a bit in a bear cycle right now, a correction cycle, but in my opinion, a very healthy cycle to help builders, founders think about what is the next thing to excite. With your insight as an advisor, can you kind of take us through some of the trends that you might predict for the next wave, the next cycle of people to get interested in blockchain technology?、Uh, absolutely. Looking at it now, so our previous trends were a bit in the NFTs, and you know, GameFi has been an up-and-coming trend,、uh, mainly in Southeast Asia for quite some time,、uh, mainly due to the guilds. I would say、um, currently, I do see a few up-and-coming potential trends.、Um, well, first of all. For mining,、uh, I guess the trend is definitely happening quite a lot in、uh, South America. For GameFi and DeFi, there seems and just exchanges in general that seems to be happening and growing a bit more on the African continent. And just、um, in general, I would say、uh, I I can see that there's more interest in insurance-related、um, solutions for the blockchain space, just because you know you see. These crashes, you know, so insurance, you know, insuring assets from falling is definitely something that's up and coming. And we also see kind of like the move to earn thing that can potentially open up a whole new、um, tangent of X to earn, in which you know we would have IoT devices that track people doing specific things to get incentivized doing so. But you know that one, not sure how that's gonna go, but looking good so far. Yeah, I love that, and like you said, kind of this X to earn concept. X meaning here just insert new word of choice. Eat to earn, sleep to earn, you know, and using the IoT Internet of Things concepts, where you can have a wearable or your phone tracking you in real time, giving data, giving relevant data to these companies, and rewarding you for that data. Is that right? Correct. Awesome, man. I think it's so cool. Yeah, and it's you know. It really reminds me to stay to zoom out 
and remind myself, you know, when we get too kind of concerned with these recession cycles, these bear markets, as we say in the industry, to zoom out and be like, hey, actually, there's a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool things, having a lot of inspiration to keep building. And it makes me think about, too, you know, you mentioned with import-export, you saw an opportunity, an opportunity to be useful, to make money. Is that how you kind of essentially got into the blockchain space? Well, actually, in a way, I would say getting into the blockchain space was a bit more ambiguous. You know, essentially, I've been hearing it in the background um, since like late 2016. You know, it's just kind of there. And yeah, a friend of mine um, decided to start a company that focuses on education and events. And that's really when I really delve into it. And it's actually um, from a lot of translation, you know, um, learning about the content and translating it and formulate it to turning it into content to educate people in Taiwan. So uh, that's really where I started. Um, that's where I learned a lot of the information, a lot of the background. And that's really what got me going. So cool. Yeah. And to think about that, because we'll touch on that in, in a few minutes, but using your English skills as you are half American, half Taiwanese to gain all of that data in real time and then translate it and help educate and onboard people here in Taiwan. Is that the idea there? Uh, it, it was mainly text translation. There were some videos also, but um, I guess that was a um, yeah, that didn't do that much. It was mainly text okay. translation. Like article style? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I mainly focus on text and article style translation. Very cool, yeah. So putting out relevant content for people to consume in Mandarin Chinese as an article, a kind of blog post, maybe something like this. Very, very cool. Lavin说他在区块链这边担任的是advising,建议与指导。那无论是要找technical, 技术、marketing、行销，或是business partners，生意伙伴都是他的服务范围。那刚刚John有请他分享一下，他认为在区块链中的trend，也就是趋势。那来宾说他觉得之前是NFT曾经是趋势，但近期看到反而是跟insurance-related保险相关的崛起。那如
Very, very cool. Well, Harrison, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit into kind of the story of you? As I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, you're half Taiwanese, half American. And so could you take us through a little bit, you know, the mindset that you have of, of Eastern culture and Western culture? Wow. Yeah, that's quite the big question there. Uh, yes. So I was um, born and raised in Taiwan. Um, I essentially um, grew up going to public school. Uh, that was quite the interesting experience. I uh, was essentially back in the day, it was uh, I was like one of the only mixed kids that was uh, in school. So it was quite interesting. My environment was uh, mainly Mandarin. And um, later on, um, you know, I would spend the summers in the States uh, with my family, of course. But, you know, being mostly growing up in a Mandarin environment, uh, English was more like a second language. And it actually took quite a lot of time and effort to really learn it. Yeah, I literally um, listened to ICRT every day, like even in my sleep. Like, no joke. But yeah, it took a, it took a long time, you know, and I went to public school until I was in middle school and still I was uh, more like ESL. So yeah, it, it, it was quite a lot of time and effort. Uh, I eventually went to Taipei American School in high school and uh, went to university um, in the States. And yeah, I guess uh, by that time, my English was good enough. Yeah, man. Hey, shout out ICRT. What's up? Love that. you. We would play it while you're sleeping, too. <laughs> That's so cool. And so thinking then a little bit about that transition, right? I know Taipei American School does a great job to acclimate you to what it might be like in the U.S., right? That full English immersion. But would you say there was some big cultural differences that you experienced when you actually went to university in the States? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say probably, yeah, it took quite a while to adjust. And for me, it's a, especially interesting because uh, most people there would assume that I grew up in the States where I'm not. So there were these uh, obvious cultural cues that just uh, that just didn't link up. You know, I, I remember one time, you know, I think it was Thanksgiving and then people were talking about eggnog and I never heard about this eggnog thing. And that was quite the shock, really. So around Thanksgiving, there were like some, uh, you know, Thanksgiving gatherings and parties and people were talking about having eggnog. And, you know, at the time, I, I really had no idea what that was. And, and they just gave me this look, you know, they just like gave me that look like they, they couldn't believe that I don't know what eggnog is. But I, I literally yeah had no idea. And there were just numerous similar instances that were like that, where people would assume that I was there. I knew everything about it, but I, I really didn't. Yeah, oh my god, eggnog. What a weird word too when you think about it. Eggnog. But did you actually end up trying it? Did you <laughs> did you have it? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was quite the mm, Yeah, that thick sugary greatness. <laughs> sugary, milky, great. Yeah, the weirdest concoction, but uh sometimes if you add Baileys to it, it's even better. <laughs> oh yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's what I I always am curious about with my friends that have grown up in Taiwan and they went when they actually did go to the U.S. and everyone just assumes that they've been there the whole time, but yeah, you're like, what are all these random things? 刚赵有提到来宾其实是一半台湾人一半美国人。那来宾是出生并生长于台湾，而且从小在台湾的公立学校就读，只是后来暑假的时候才会回到美国。所以对他而言，其实英文算是第二语言。那升到中学的时候才转到台北美国学校，然后后来才去美国读大学。那当时英文才真的算是比较好一点。那虽然说来宾是读台北美国学校，但是后来他去美国读大学的时候，还是有一些文化的冲突。因为其实很多人会认为他是在美国长大的
，但是其实会有一些他无法理解的文化习俗，例如感恩节 （Thanksgiving） 的时候，就因为会有很多派对跟聚会等等，所以他们有提到一个美国感恩节会喝到一种饮料叫做 eggnog。那其实 eggnog 它是用呃牛奶、蛋、奶油、糖、呃白兰地或是莱姆或 whisky 制成的一个调酒。而且就像 John 说的，我真的觉得加 Willys Baileys 比较好喝。我刚是讲 Willys 吗？<笑>对，但是呢，我能理解来宾的感受，因为其实我自己本身也是台北美国学校的学生。但是呢，我跟他比较不同的是，我是后来去读台湾的大学。那在台湾大学的时候，我其实也有一种文化冲击，因为当时我不太能理解“暧昧”这个词，因为其实在西方文化里面是并没有一个直接的对应词，所以我当时比较能够理解的方式就是 dating。但是在我解释之后呢，我发现其实他们觉得 dating 有点太严肃了，好像真的有有一种束缚，而暧昧比较像是那种可能说不清的感觉。对，所以我觉得其实这样是一个非常有趣的体验。Thinking about though, do you remember anything during your times, maybe in that transition to Taipei American School, that actually helped you learn English? I know you were using English sometimes at in your house, but Do you remember anything that really helped? Some actionable tips and advice, maybe some some of our audience could use. I guess uh, besides um, going to specific environments and gathering that、um, expose you to all English speakers,、uh, when I was growing up, there was、um, yeah, there were textbooks. I mean, that was kind of it was all right. It definitely helped.、Um, besides that,、um, you know, playing video games that are in English really helped because you, I mean, in order to get the story or you know complete the quest, like. Being able to understand most of it really pushes you forward, and it's fun. And last but not least, just getting into you know specific、um, like music, you know, really getting into the lyrics and learning about them, so could sing along with it and know what they're saying. That's、um, that was definitely quite helpful. Also, and of course, ICRT. Hey, there it is. Nice plug. <laughs> yeah, man, so cool, Harrison. And so thinking then about your work, I know you were mentioning a little bit in the beginning of the show. Import export. You're really dealing with actually import and export of character and culture. Could you speak a little bit more onto how are you bridging that gap with the Eastern culture with the Western culture? Yeah, I definitely see. There's some pretty obvious cultural differences. Doing doing what I do,、um, there's obvious difference、uh, between the Eastern and Western cultures. For example, for the older generation and the Eastern culture, you gotta get to know them a lot. You gotta go to all these banquets and. Drink galang with them. Like it takes a while to gain their trust and finally do something. Whereas you know, older generation and Western, at least from my understanding,、um, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And if you can show that you, you know, you got what they need, like it's pretty easy. You don't have to go through all these traditional rituals. And、um, I guess for the younger generation, it kind of flipped upside. You know, it's like the other way around. Whereas、uh, for an Asian culture, the younger generation, from what I see, you know, everything's really fast and direct. Calls can be done in ten minutes, even. Whereas the Western culture and younger generation tend to, you gotta, you gotta talk a lot of things. You know, not even about the business, about personal interests, etc. And it takes a while to finally get to the business. So that's a very big key cultural difference that I see. So when I was first starting out, when I'm more of a translator role, I feel like I'm more of a filter. You know, I I take information from from one side and I have to filter it. Reformat it and bring it to the other side to make sure the obvious differences get translated through. Sometimes with its own spin, so that the other side can get it. And now、um, I feel like it's you know in a way it's 
similar, but except being a filter, I'm more like a gift packager. I repackage um, information from both sides and essentially represent it and make it a fancy gift so that I can fulfill um, the needs from both sides. Mm, what an incredible skill set. Yeah, really fun insight right there, too, to think about how it is almost flipping in the West right now. And the younger generation, yeah, they might seem distracted a little bit, but they're actually like, no, I want to make sure we connect about culture and pop, like pop culture before we do business together. And in the East, it's like, hey, let's get down to business, <laughs> you know? So it's fun to it's fun to have that that those glasses, those lenses that you can apply both to the East and the West. Very, very nicely said. Awesome, Harrison. Well, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of the show here on NG Ingwen. And a question I'd love to end with is if you could go back and talk to a younger Harrison before you knew how to gift wrap the East and the Western culture so beautifully. 来宾有提到，他会给大家学习英文的建议，就是把自己放在一个全英文为主的环境，或是多看书、听音乐，去理解歌词，或者是透过游戏去学习。毕竟你会需要理解任务，才有办法破关。那当然，最后就是要听 ICRT 喽。那来宾也有说，他其实，在贸易中看到有一些文化差异，其实也随着年龄成员有一些改变。比如说，他看到老一辈的亚洲人是非常在意应酬这一块，而西方人是非常直接的，你只要达到他们的需求就可以了。但反而是现在的年轻一辈的亚洲文化是更迅速直接的。那反而西方文化那边他们会觉得说，做生意时要有一些交流，无论是个人兴趣啊，或者是他们流行文化。那最后来宾他认为他自己的角色比较像是一个要重新包装的人，那他需要 filter， 也就是过滤。以及 reformat 就是重新格式化之后，成为双方都能理解的讯息。Would there be any advice you give yourself about life or language, business, anything? I tell him to buy Bitcoin. Oh my god, <laughs> you're like the fifth person that said that recently. It's amazing.、Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say、um, I would tell him, you know, when sometimes when things don't go well and you know mistakes happen, to to not get so you know affected by it, because you know to not get Swallowed by it, and、um, essentially get depressed. I guess because I mean mistakes. You know things do happen. Bad things do happen. People do make mistakes, and、um, yeah, it's the consistency of falling down and getting back up that you know really it's it's like the big picture progression that really matters. So yeah, don't let the small things get to you too much, and just keep eagerly learning.、Mm. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. 最后，来宾给大家的一些建议就是，生活中本来就是会犯一些错误，或是有一些不好的事情发生，但是千万不要因为这些小事绊倒你，或是吞噬你。那我们就谢谢今天来宾 Harrison。Stepping back, zooming out again, remembering that everyone does stumble along the way. To stumbling up is the idea, though. Staying focused on on not getting overly consumed, which can cause the depression. So beautifully said. Awesome, Harrison. Well, where can people find more of your life online? Maybe a LinkedIn profile, anything. You can definitely hit me up on LinkedIn.、Uh, you can search Harrison Goldsmith,、um, as it sounds, and that's where you can find me. Awesome, Harrison. Harrison Goldsmith, the man, the myth, the legend. Buy Bitcoin, he says. Not financial advice, you know. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Peace. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, 
Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen or you can search on IG NG English ICRT. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7 and Wednesday night from 9 to 9.30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.